Hello and a warm welcome as you join us on Search for Truth. This is your Bible study time with Brian Johnston. So thanks very much for joining us. It's great to have your company. Today, Brian continues the series, Take Your Mark's Gospel. And this talk is number five in the series. And uh, today, Brian's called it The Heart of the Problem, Symptoms, Diagnosis and Cure. So, let's go over to Brian now to unwrap it. Thanks, John. Do you know, in some parts of the world, there are some very strange traditions. For example, do you know about the biggest tomato fight in the world? It's called La Tomatina, and it's the annual tomato-throwing festival held in the Valencian town of Buñol in Spain. It's held on the last Wednesday of August, and the participants throw tomatoes and get involved, and it's all purely for fun. There are actually many theories about Tomatina. In 1945, during a parade, young adults who wanted to be involved, but who for some reason had not been involved, staged a brawl in the town's main square. And there happened to be a vegetable stand nearby, so they picked up tomatoes and used them as weapons. The police had to intervene and break up the fight and force those who were responsible to pay for any damages incurred. That, at least, is one of the more popular theories about how Tomatina started. My reason for mentioning that, of course, is just to say that the Jews of Jesus' time had their own traditional practices. These tended to be excessive add-on practices built on to the Old Testament law. And they were a source of some debate between the religious leaders and Jesus. The elders made up rules or traditions thinking they were helping the Jews to keep God's law better. But it's always dangerous to add to God's laws. Our rules and traditions can become more important to us than God's own actual laws. At times, it led the Jewish religious leaders to neglect and invalidate God's original intention as they effectively got things back to front or inside out. Those Jews wanted to look good on the outside. But that's not God's focus at all. God requires us to be good on the inside. What's challenging is we're not immune to thinking in the very same way as those religious leaders of Jesus' time did. It might be good, for example, to ask ourselves, what things do we do? Or what things do we try to make ourselves look better by on the outside? Maybe that's why we go to church. Or is that why we say prayers? Is it why we give to charity? At the beginning of chapter 7 of Mark's Gospel, we encounter the religious leaders of Israel picking a fight with Jesus over the issue of Jesus' disciples not washing their hands often enough. This is what we read. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him, that's around Jesus, when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves. And there are many other things which they have received in order to observe, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. The Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, 
but eat their bread with impure hands. And he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. Here, Jesus identifies the underlying issue for them. They were much more focused on their own additional rules rather than on God's original laws. Jesus then proceeded to give them a pin-sharp analysis of their religious performance by homing in on one telling example. He said, Moses said, honour your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you is korban, that is to say, it's given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. This example which Jesus chose showed the truth about these Jews, how they kept their own rules because it made them look good. They didn't keep God's law because they didn't love God. They were more focused on looking good than on loving God. They loved their religion, but not God. They kept their rules on the outside, but didn't obey God's commands in their hearts. Going back to the original issue about hand-washing, Jesus shows them the basic error in their thinking. You know, behind all wrong behaviour, there's always wrong thinking. It's important to be clear that this discussion isn't at all to do with hygiene, but is about ceremonial ritual with its symbolic meaning. They were worried sin would enter into them from the outside, but it's already inside and liable to spread. Food from outside can't make us unclean in God's eyes. Sin coming out from within our hearts is what makes us dirty. The heart is where the problem originates, from deep inside us, where only God can change us. Jesus was saying that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. In some places, you know, people ask you to take your shoes off when you come from outside. However, inside their homes are already many dirty things, such as bad words, bad feelings, bad programs on television. The real dirt is inside the home. Many people think that they must be good externally. They try to do good things through their religion, just like the Pharisees. No better, no different. What they really need is a new heart. Religion sets rules. Jesus sets free. Religion is man-made. The Pharisees thought sin came from outside of ourselves. They washed in a religious way so that they didn't eat anything unclean, or which they considered to be unclean. But Jesus said food goes into the stomach and out the other end. This has nothing to do with sin. The real dirt is inside already. Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said, If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds, 
and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. I don't know to what extent he was aware of it, but he was endorsing the diagnosis of the human problem that Jesus Christ gave here in Mark chapter 7. Listen to it. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. Notice how we move from symptoms to diagnosis and then to cure as we read about the divine physician, Jesus Christ, whom Mark, from the beginning of his book, has declared to be the Son of God. The diagnosis is, the heart is more deceitful than all else, and is desperately sick. Those were the words written by the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. As we say, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Much earlier in human history, Moses had written, The Lord God saw that every intent of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil continually. The Lord Jesus is affirming here that nothing has changed. Later his apostles would spread his message of the only effective remedy for sin. We read of the cure in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, about cleansing hearts by faith. You'll find that in Acts chapter 15 and verse 9, cleansing hearts by faith. It's got nothing to do with our religious works, but it's believing fully in God's work. By faith, we receive from God a new heart. This is what it means to be born again as a new person, to use the words Jesus himself coined as he spoke with one of the Jewish religious leaders in John chapter 3. God had promised this same remedy was coming long before. We remember how Mark introduced Jesus as someone promised back in Old Testament times. Well, the prophet Ezekiel, writing in the Bible, had predicted a time of which God had said to his ancient people, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances." This does seem to be what lies behind Jesus' description of being born of water and of the Spirit in John chapter 3 and verse 5. In stark contrast to all this is the big religious lie that says, if we do our best, when we stand before God one day, he'll look at the good things we've done and also at the bad things we've done, and if the good outweighs the bad, he'll let us into heaven. That's pretty much a summing up of any man-made religion. But it's not God's message of salvation from sin which is preached in the Bible, including preached by Jesus Christ. Our problem in God's sight is internal, reaching to the core of our being. We need a new heart, a new birth. This is what faith in Christ brings about. It's the miracle God performs for every true believer in his Son.
Now you may already know that there's a book which contains the transcripts of all the talks in this series and you can make one a copy your very own by writing in by post or email and asking for the title Take Your Marks Gospel. Uh, you can do this by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info And did you know by looking up churchesofgod.info forward slash media you'll find our church's main website where you can download some actual programmes and their accompanying transcripts as well as uh, accessing other helpful material. Now, I hope, like me, you enjoyed today's talk and you'll be able to join us again next week for a further study in Mark's Gospel. But until then, it's cheerio and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. And as always, may God richly bless you. Love.